Alan Kay once said that people who are really serious about software should make their own hardware. But a lot of software people never actually take him up on this idea. But Brian Cantrell actually did. He has been someone that I have followed for a while. I think his outspoken opinions, maybe even if they're not all right, at least they're something that is informative and educational and definitely entertaining. I featured him on a previous episode, episode 45 in March 2021. So check out that Larry Ellison rant. Still pretty epic. But this one is a different topic. This one is about the company that he's now co-founded together with Jess Frizzell about Oxide Computer Company. I actually think one thing, this is a bit of a rogue opinion, but um, I think something that is accelerating open source firmware is Spectrum Meltdown. So Spectrum Meltdown was very, 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 very bad. And I think people who are maybe outside of it don't necessarily realize just how bad it was to wake up and have your public cloud infrastructure vulnerable to attack, very vulnerable to attack. And it was very revealing about how important that deepest foundation of compute was. And it it actually, uh, Intel, to their credit, changed a lot. And in terms of Intel's disposition towards open firmware, shifted after Spectrum Meltdown. Um, and I think that it highlighted for everybody that we need to change the way we are thinking about these systems. And we actually do need to change the way, the, the, the stratification we've got between these layers. Now that said, we still have the Intel management engine is still proprietary. The Intel management engine is the actual like computer behind the computer behind the computer um, that is running Minix. Um, is this is like the most commonly deployed operating system in the world apparently because it's running it, this operating system that we can't see that we know has had vulnerabilities that controls the effectively the entire machine. Um, and I think that they are beginning to, I, you know, we hope certainly that we can, we're working with these folks to get all these layers open sourced because we do need to get them all open and out there. And it's just the, the long rambling answer to the question, but I think the hyperscalers are really trying to help affect that change. It is a testament to how hard it is to change. that They actually can't do it alone. They need to band together. There needs to be industry consortia to actually make this happen. Yeah, I suppose the, the security of every one of those machines then being um, <clears throat> vulnerable to uh, state level, like, like all the like the list the list of all the things that are danger becomes like it doesn't matter if you're um, like random hyperscaler if uh you know, societal collapse is caused by uh, <laughs> right <laughs> well yeah and i think that the you know the bloomberg story which almost certainly false but this is a story about supermicro the infiltration supermicro supply chain Almost certainly false, but the reporter believes it. The reporter probably had sources that were that believed it or were feeding deliberately feeding misinformation. But the Supermicro story, the Bloomberg story, could have been true, and I think that, that was a real, I think, wake up call through this entire industry. Of we've got a lot of software down here that we can't see that is affecting the security and the reliability of these systems. So while there's all this work going on. Um, between huge companies and they're still not getting it done, you're chipping away um, at Oxide as yeah. a problem. But how are you, so how are you attacking it? 
Yeah, it's a big problem um, because at, at Oxide, the, the, we are actually trying to build the minimum viable product. The problem is that when you're building a rack scale computer, the minimum viable product is pretty goddamn big. So it's it's compute sleds. It is a it's a rack. It's a it's a DC bus bar. It's actual it's compute sleds. It's a switch. Uh, it's a power shelf controller. So we're doing all these things and we're doing the software and all these things. And like, wow, how do you do all that? Which has been a real challenge. One of the things has been to find some of the key, uh, the, the commonalities across these things and to use that as foundation. So one of the things that we decided, and we're gonna be talking a lot more about what we're doing specifically as we, as, as we're, we, uh, we're gonna be an all open company. We, we've got, we feel we've got God's own open source revenue model, namely we make hardware. So the, the, all of the software we are building is definitely co-designed with the hardware. So um, we can, we are excited to have the, to get all of our software out there. We, we will have very much the Chromebook model. Chromebook I feel is like the greatest advance in computing that is not broadly understood. Um, the, uh, the Chromebook is really impressive because it is an open, attested machine. It is it is a secure machine, but it is again open from top to bottom. You can put your own firmware on a Chromebook, but the Chromebook will know that you put your own firmware on the Chromebook. Uh, and as a result, the Chromebook actually uh, doesn't have some of these supply chain vulnerabilities that that other um, other systems might have, um, and which is a good thing because it's it's everywhere, right? Um, so we are. Taking that kind of that Chromebook model um, and applying that to the way we are developing software. So we intend to be all open. Um, in terms of finding common components, um, one of the common components. So there's a there's a computer within the computer called the BMC, the baseboard management controller. Um, the base the BMC are also can I just like like a little personal thing? BMC is also my initials, and. Uh, BMCs are often like really broken. So I like kind of, you know, like I like the hacker thing. I was kind of like known by my account, my Unix account at college was my initials. So I would, I was BMC. I was BMC at nshotsun.com. People would call me BMC. And then like BMCs started existing and they sucked. And it's like, it's like the scene. It was office. a great name. It was <laughs> a great name. I think like Michael Bolton from Office. Like, <laughs> Like, no, I'm not going to change my initials. It's like that asshat should change their initials. Like they, uh, so, and then we would have these, like these bugs. And this is like back in the day of like BMC panics the system or like, or it actually be worth that and be like, you know, uh, uh, BMC needs to be backed out, which is like removing from the gate. And I'd be like, oh my God, I like have a fight or flight reaction because I think that like, all, like some software I've written has been, has, has got some, oh, it's like, oh no, no, this is the baseboard management controller. Okay. Not, can we... Anyway, I kind of stopped calling myself by my initials. So I guess Michael Bolton won in that particular example. <laughs> you know what, BMC, you can have it. I don't want it anymore. Just call me Brian, I guess. Yeah, I got exactly the same problem. I use my middle name on all my social media. And people yeah. are like, why? Like, no one else knows your middle name. Why would you do that? It's because there's a super famous MMA fighter called Mark Coleman, and I'm never going to out SEO that guy. So I'm like, <laughs> I need to put Robert in the middle so right. that you can find me on Google. They're right. I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna out SEO him. Like he can definitely kick my ass. So like I'm not gonna. Like, I'm not gonna fight him for the name. <laughs> I mean, you're not Jake Paul. Um. <laughs> um. So the and I, a good question coming. What about OpenBMC? So, uh, <clears throat> OpenBMC is very laudable, and I I don't want to 
denigrate any of the energy behind making that software stack open, which is super, super important. So that I, I, I that's very important. It's hard for me not to view OpenBMC as the open stack of BMCs. And that isn't really praise. Sorry. Um, that that it, it suffers from, and, and and actually maybe take that in kind of in full. That it, that it, that is both praise and condemnation, I guess. In that, like OpenStack, great vision, important vision, but with OpenBMC, you've got so many vendors in the room that it that it is being taken in different vendor driven directions. That's problem number one. Problem number two is. OpenBMC is the software. There's closed BMC, which is the hardware that it's running on, that you're running on an ASP2400, an AC2500, an AC2600. That is a proprietary part. That is a data sheet that you need to sign an NDA to get. Um, and that is a huge problem um, that you need to sign an NDA. And it's like, by the way, <laughs> you go to the you go to Nubaton, which is the competition, and ASPE to set the bar. So they're like, no, you need to sign an NDA for our data sheet too. It's like, all right, great. So BMCs, they can keep the initials, and you know what? They can keep the proprietary hardware. And OpenBMC, oh, great, fine for an ASPEED. Uh, ASPEEDs aren't for us. And in part because they're, they're solving a bunch of things that we don't need to solve. Um, now, actually, I, I will say one thing, one positive thing about BMC is the hardware. You know, I find that at different stages of computing, I find that I revere different things. So when I first came up, uh, it was when SMP, symmetric multiprocessing, was arrived, uh, had, had arrived, and I, it was great to be on a, a machine with more and more CPUs, right? That was, CPUs were great. Then when I was in cloud computing, then when I was in uh, developing a storage product, it was all about like number of spindles. Like I love having numbers of spindles. That was great. And then it was all about flash and that was exciting. And then in cloud, actually it was all about DIMMs. DIMMs are really important, right? DIMMs, DRAM is great as it turns out. DRAM is pretty great. If you can keep your workload in DRAM, that's pretty great. It's pretty economical. DIMMs are great. And now, and I don't know if this is just like a sad confession for where my career is. I don't know if my career is going in the wrong direction, but you know what I really like covet now is like, number of I squared C buses. And if you look at an A speed, an A speed, this is like pathetic. A speed has got like 13 I squared C buses or whatever. You're like, all right, that is impressive. That's a lot. So I squared C bus, this is this is the 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 what the the inter IC um uh, what protocol when the C stands for the um but I squared C is what allows for different components to communicate one with one another um, over only basically two wires. So you can communicate. So when you look inside the box, there is a the, the, all of these components that are talking to one another are talking to one another over I squared C. Often, I mean, there are other things too. There's five other things too, but there's a lot of I squared C. And so now the stage of life when I'm in, there's like a covered I squared C buses. Anyway, they've got a lot of I squared C buses. Everything else about that part basically sucks. Uh, and it's proprietary, which is really bad. Um, and it is running a, on the one hand, I love the work that they've done on the, the, the open Linux that they run on that thing. On the other hand, like, I don't want an operating system with that much surface area running on a microcontroller that is controlling the box. Like that's that should not be another computer. I mean, it is, but it should be it should be very very slim. So um, we are developing our own service processor. We are developing our own hardware root of trust. 
those are running <clears throat> our own operating system, actually. We do, we've done our own de novo operating system that's all Rust, um, called appropriately enough Hubris, because that's, you know, you <laughs> what it is. Um, and we're looking forward to getting that out there. We think that that's going to be that's going to be an exciting development for folks that are developing embedded systems. And this is coming out of uh, the, and the, the the technologists behind that um, have got a lot of experience developing embedded systems. Um, and uh, in particular, coming out of, of like avionics type systems, that systems that absolutely have to be correct and are going to be sent on a mission, going to be sent in a balloon, going to be sent to space, and you have to think about that software really, really differently from a surface area perspective, from a reliability perspective, a rigor perspective. And that's actually a pretty good analog for the service processor, it turns out, the hardware root of trust. This thing needs to run as, as little software as possible, and the software that it runs needs to be absolutely correct. So um, by, Mark, again, long rambling answer to your question, but like, how do you do this? You, you Find, okay, you find these common components and you build these mm -hmm. common components. So are they going to exist to existing standards like Redfish? That's a, that's a no. Um, and again, not, um, not denigrating standards like Redfish, but there's this, this idea, and this is an outgrowth of kind of where we have been with this. We've had this hardware-software divide. And the, the, the machine ha doesn't have enough of an opinion about what the operating system is. The operating system could be anything. So there's no integration between them. It's like, well, then how do I control the machine? It's like, oh, you control the machine by sticking another wire in there directly into the brainstem of the machine. You stick a wire into the BMC and you control the BMC remotely. And that's what Redfish is doing. And that's a no thank you. Um, on the one hand, you you want to be able to uh, remotely operate a machine. On the other hand, you don't want that interface so exposed that it's sitting on a network and relying on an administrator who's got the right firewall rules to prevent someone from their internet from erroneously getting to this BMC and the and having you know root Calvin or whatever, which is kind of famously the the default root password on on any super micro box. But the, these things are not designed to be secure internet-facing elements, and things like Redfish are pushing them to be network-facing elements. We, we don't want these things to be a network-facing element. We want the, the SPs to be, yes, the SP can be controlled remotely, but only in very controlled specific ways. And again, that's all gonna be open, so people will be able to see what we did there, but Redfish for us is is not the answer to, uh, um, so details on the root of trust model we're going to use, that's still in development. Um, we will have lots and lots of details. I'm really looking forward to getting that um, out there. We've got, um, and we'll talk about everything that we're doing there, um, about how we're doing attestation and the actual software we're using, the hardware we're using, the whole works. Um, we're not quite ready to talk about all that, um, but that is something, it is one thing that is very important to us just as a company. We're a very transparent company. So the, the, the it's not, there's not a reticence to talk about it. It's more, it's not, it's not all done yet. Um, and once those details are done or, or, or figured out, we will open all that up. Um, and that I think actually, because honestly, it, you know, it's funny that the, the company that has this has the most similar approach to us from a hardware and software integrated perspective is Apple. And the problem with Apple is then they put all of the secrecy on top of it. That to me is they, like, Apple would be 
more successful if they were entirely transparent. Like this is something that is total heresy at Apple, but the secrecy is actually, not only is it not key to the success of Apple, the Apple has got such great products that they are successful despite the secrecy. And if they were a less secretive company, they'd be a more successful company. I say, maybe that's wrong. No, that, that, that makes perfect. That makes sense as um, when talking about how everything with like the, the rack, the machines, the top of rack, the power all needs to be the, the one nacho or something like that, like uh, <laughs> software and hardware together. Yeah. Uh, when, um, when hearing that, you're like, that's, that's who jumped immediately to mind was Apple. They've been yep. you know, some favorite devices for the longest time because the software and hardware are developed jointly and the, um, the promise of if you're bringing Apple to the data center, and I don't mean like bringing Apple to the data center the, the old way where you're like, well, just rack a, uh, I can't lift it off my desk, but I have one of the trash can 2013 uh, Mac, yeah. Pro, Mac Pros on the desk, right? There, there was a harness, a chassis made that you could that you could rack a, a, a set of them and use those. Uh, as, well, you know, it was also the X1, remember the X1? They, they did some, they, they did these like actually experiments that, I mean, it's so funny to think that the world's largest, most profitable, most successful computer company has been basically unable to go into the data center in any meaningful way. It's kind of shocking, but it's also it's also because like Steve Jobs just didn't care about the data center. I mean, Steve Jobs ultimately was building a product for Steve Jobs, and the and he just happens to have like or the dead Steve Jobs, which I'm convinced still runs the place. Even he's been dead for for ten years. Isn't that amazing? Like 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 Tupac, like instead of like re-releasing, he's <laughs> the the iPad was. Was dead Steve Jobs? It, it is dead Steve Jobs. I think dead Steve Jobs still runs the joint. I mean, honestly, like the well, and it actually just shows that honestly how important the cultural cornerstones are of a company. The Apple today is secretive because Steve Jobs was secretive. That is like in that regard, the dead Steve Jobs still runs the joint. It's really hard to edit Brian because he just goes on and on and it's always interesting. So check out the full episode if you want the details in the show notes. But also I'm going to refer you to a really good talk from Jess Rizal about open source firmware because you don't really realize the amount of layers that go between yourself and the layer that you typically program at and the machine and how much of that is cruft that nobody's looked at in decades. So they're doing their best at it and I think they're worth watching.